A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man, going on a journey, called his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately the one who received five talents went and traded with them, and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off and dug a hole, and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back, and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I've made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him in reply, You wicked, lazy servant, So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant, and gather where I did not scatter. Should you not then have put my money in the bank, so that I could have it back with interest on my return? Now then, take the talent from him, and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. But the one who has not, Even what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord The traditional way of hearing this parable is that each of us has God-given talents, abilities, and blessings. Like the first two servants in the parable— we are expected to increase what we have been given, so that at the end of our lives we can give back more to God than God gave us. We're not to follow the example of the third servant, who out of fear buried his master's money in the ground. This is a valid reading of the parable, but it leaves a few questions unanswered. The first thing to notice is that Jesus does not say, the kingdom of heaven is like. Instead, the parable begins, it will be as when a man who is going on a journey. 
the master in the parable is a very rich human landowner. At the time of Jesus, a talent was worth about a million dollars. The eight talents that he entrusted to his servants at the beginning of the parable show that he has a net worth of at least eight million. How did he make this money? The social setting of Palestine at the time of Jesus was composed of a handful of very rich landowners and many very poor farmers who were struggling to survive. If a poor farmer had a bad crop, his only option was to borrow money from a wealthy landowner at an exorbitant rate. If he were unable to pay that money back, he would lose his land. So the richer got richer, and the poor lost the little that they had. This is how our landowner made his eight million. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. No one can serve God and money. In the ancient world, money, and in fact all goods, were considered a limited quantity. If you somehow had more, that meant someone else had less. You could only get more money through dishonest means. To the ancients, the first two servants would have been as popular as the traders who sold us toxic mortgage-backed securities. But like a good three-part joke, we now come to the punchline. The third servant is about to explain his inaction. When he receives his million dollars, he decides not to use it. He buries it out of fear. The fear is not that he would be punished. He knows he will be punished, because he knows the kind of master he has. His fear is that if he uses the money the way his master wants him to, he will dispossess more poor farmers from their land. The fact that the third servant buried the money in the ground might be an inside joke. Those who work the land know all true wealth comes from God, the source of rain, sunshine, seed, and soil. But this silver talent, when sown, produced no fruit. Money cannot grow the natural way like seed, only unnaturally, through usury and swindling. Is this symbolic act of planting the talent a case of prophetic tricksterism to reveal that money is not fertile? The third servant becomes a whistleblower, exposing the man who expects his money to be increased in unfettered greed as the wicked one. Unwilling to participate in this exploitation, the third servant took the money out of circulation, where it could no longer be used to dispossess another family farmer. The servant who dared to challenge a corrupt system is thrown into the outer darkness. It is here that he joins the ten bridesmaids who wait in the darkness for the bridegroom to arrive. 
as Paul reminds the church at Thessalonica, But you, beloved, are not in darkness. You are all children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Jesus tells this parable a couple of days before his arrest and crucifixion. In chapter 10 of Matthew's Gospel, Jesus cautioned, See, I'm sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. The third servant in the outer darkness discovers that he is not alone. Jesus has taken his place with all the outcasts of the world. Next week, when we hear the parable of the sheep and the goats, we discover that the judgment is not whether we were industrious, hardworking, or profitable, but how we care for the least of our brothers and sisters. As often as you did it to one of the least members of my family, Jesus assures us, you did it to me. In his apostolic exhortation, The Joy of the Gospel, Pope Francis writes, Just as the commandment, Thou shalt not kill, sets a clear limit in order to safeguard the value of human life, today we also have to say, Thou shalt not, to an economy of exclusion and inequality. Such an economy kills. How can it be that it's not a news item when an elderly homeless person dies of exposure, but it is news when the stock market loses two points. We have created new idols. The worship of the ancient golden calf has returned in a new and ruthless guise. In this system, which tends to devour everything which stands in the way of increased profits, whatever is fragile, like the environment, is defenseless, before the interests of a deified market, which becomes the only rule. Pope Francis quotes the 4th century preacher, St. John Chrysostom, who warned us, Not to share one's wealth with the poor is to steal from them and to take away their livelihood. It is not our own goods which we hold, but theirs.